Hi there, and welcome to uh, the Jazz Net Weekly podcast, the independent Rangers podcast, which is brought to you by Fans for Fans, where the, the content is free. It is episode 272 of the new weekly Jazz Net podcast. I'm your host tonight. Uh, I'm Colin Armstrong. As I, remember, as, as, I'm, as I tell you every week, guys, easy for me to say, uh, it's not just the pod that we do here at Rangers. Uh, if you get yourself onto the website, uh, you'll, you'll find the forums there, articles, Frankie's obviously got his social media. There's a history archive on the website as well, so get yourself on there as well. We would actually promote the pod. Also put the word out there in social media. I think we've got over 6,000 subscribers now to the YouTube channel. So, yeah, let everyone know that we're here and what we're doing. Uh, before I bring in my guests, I have to mention uh, our partners at Forest Precision Engineering, who are a subcontract Glasgow-based engineering company. Uh, they have been a commercial supporter of Rangers Football Club for many years, and we're delighted that they're back in the pod. If you want more information on them, visit their website at www.forestprecisioning.com. Uh, you can also visit the Forest Precision Executive Lounge, which is a stunning hospitality area within the main stand. For information on how to book this unique and intimate space, email the club uh, at hospitality at rangers.co.uk. So I'll bring in my guests uh, for the final time. It's my last night with Jersnet, actually. So yeah, we'll host it anyway. I'll be back now and again in, in a sort of guest uh, capacity, but my hosting time is done. No more. I'm finished. I'm out. So I'll bring in my final guest. So it's John McCallum. John, you celebrating? Listen, it's the high point of the season. Let's be honest. <laughs> it's, just, it's just as good as it's been all year. Uh, this news, the news we've all been waiting for, you know, yes. uh, the news we've all been hoping for, not that Angel Postelikulu, I still can't say his name, is uh, heading south. It's that, that you're heading south. Uh, well, north <laughs> or east. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, a big night, emotional night tonight for us, Colin. You know, I'll try my best to make it through, through the pod without tears. I, I, know, I, know you're, I, know, um, I know you're not that emotional, John. I, I don't expect tears, to be honest. Uh, I, am, I am a rock when it comes to that. <laughs> okay. Enjoying the sunshine. It's uh, it's kind to be finally doing a podcast where we've not lost this weekend. Um, it's well, nice uh, not playing helps, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 had uh, so we had a summer week, didn't we? We, uh, we both saw Springsteen. You saw him in Amsterdam last week. I saw him in, in Edinburgh through the week. Yeah, I went. Uh, how went. good is he? He's just so yeah, it's, it's yeah. just amazing, isn't he? Fantastic. One for all those older guys to uh, keep aspiring to. Uh, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, it, it really was. It was a, it was excellent. I got to see the, the Johan Cruyff Arena as well, which was which was nice to see. Um, stewards there are just a bigger bunch of dicks as the stewards in this country. Um, <laughs> and uh, if it's any consolation. But uh, nice arena, fantastic concert. Recommend it to anybody out there who has the slightest interest in music. Go and see them. Was it seven quid a pint? Need to get a ticket, but aye, well, there was that. I mean, the price of the tickets, but it was a, it was the price of the alcohol as well. Seven pound a pint. I've been near fainted when I, I got the barbell when I, when I ordered a few pints in, but uh, it was you know someone off and all the rest of it. Uh, so yeah, it was well exactly. worth it. Uh, and also, Craig, how are you doing, Craig? How's your weekend been? Oh, it's been good. I mean, uh, I watched the big game yesterday. Obviously, it was a magnificent day for for Man City at Wembley, beating Man United two yeah. one. So. That, that was a, the big talking point of the weekend. I'm, I'm just really jealous about you talking about Springsteen. As you were saying there, it's a uh, well, possible once-in-a-lifetime memory. 
I'm just wishing I actually thought that the cash should go and see him because I was too tight to, to get a ticket for him a few months ago. So I wish it was doing it now. It seems like everybody was there except myself and I'm raging about it. But hey-ho, you never know. He's, he's playing on Hyde Park a few weeks or something like that. I'll try my best. We'll see I, think he's got, I think he's got one more tour left and me and John Aye. were talking about this through the week. He thinks that that could be it. It's the 50th anniversary of Born to Run in a couple mm-hmm. of years, and assuming that none of the E Street band die, <laughs> and that he does he die. <laughs> I, I think not a given be. at 73, to be fair. Yeah. It's not, you know what I mean? I'd, I'd be fair to sneeze at 73. I'm 50, and I'm, I'm getting, you know, scared <laughs> to sneeze these days. But, uh, yeah, it's, I, I do. I think he's got one more in him, Craig, so I, I think you might get Hopefully, that. hopefully yeah. some, man, anyway. Did you see the game today? The Thistle game? I've seen the penalties, listen, I've only got a few words to say on it, and it's the fact that my ex-missus are part of the fan, so I'm on the Ross County. <laughs> Did you watch most it, Thistle thing ever. Most, uh, just, <laughs> you knew they were going to do that. Mm-hmm. I know. I thought you were talking about my ex-missus and my special thing ever <laughs> like that one. I don't know, the penalties. <laughs> But yes, it was a it was a very strange game. They were about three and a half, about twenty minutes to go. Ross County come back, the biggest comeback since Istanbul. Ironically, the Champions League finals in Istanbul next week. And well, no comment towards Max Misses, but I'm, all I'm saying is I'm really hoping she's enjoying a non air conditioned and non toilet bus all the way back down to Bearsden. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I must admit, yeah. I, I was at an amateur cup final on Friday. And me and my mate were talking about it. We we're having a pint before the game. And then I was like, you know what? It was Ross County the first team I was ever, I was ever, first game I ever went to was a Ross County game because uh, we moved to Glasgow and stayed in the Highlands for a wee bit. My dad got work up there. And uh, we were coming back from Inverness one day. I was only about four or five. And we stopped off at Dingwall. And you could hear the, the roar of the crowd in the stadium. My dad hadn't been to a game for months, if not years, since we'd, we'd moved up. And uh, he was like, oh, can we go? And so. And they were in the Highland League at the time, you know, a, a corrugated iron over a grass slope. That was it, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like what it is now. Uh, so because of that, I've always had, I always have a wee look out for Ross County's results. But I was talking to my mate on Friday and I was like, well, given the way Thistle went down on, you know, a couple of seasons back with the vote and all the rest, it, it feels like it would be justified for them to get promotion. But I must admit, when Simon Murray made it a 3-1, my ass was off that couch. This is an call. I mean, how many gifts have Partick Fizzle had this season? I mean, Michael Beale gave them the biggest gift of all a couple of months yeah, ago, and they couldn't take advantage of that. They had a couple of gifts a day, and they still couldn't take advantage of it. Yeah, and, and, the, and the support is a bit whiny, you know what I mean? They, they kind of piss me off. And weird. Aye, that'll be a bit weird. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I mean, normally I'm, I'm, I'm apart from our pals out of the road, obviously, I'm, I'm normally quite all for the Glasgow team's doing quite well, but I must admit, I quite enjoyed that today. Uh, but anyway, I digress, I digress. Let's let's get in and about the nuts and bolts. We're having a wee look at the the season that's just passed. Although, I suppose, before, before we Can do... we all just talk about the Fissel Ross County again? <laughs> <laughs> well... There, there is also some sort of silver lining on the cloud that has been this season that's just developed over the last 24 hours. Uh, and we'll come on to talk about it. It's, it's kind of on the agenda, but it's probably worth talking about now. Uh, I mean, John, I, I sent you a message today for Twitter, the, the Celtic fan, you know, Ange has went from a treble winning legend to a chest pumping kangaroo shagger. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, and he's not even <laughs> left yet, and that's how they're feeling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's uh, it's football's funny, and I, I said that to my son. My son, my son went to the Thistle game on Thursday night. I live in North Glasgow or West Glasgow. My son went to the Thistle game on Thursday night with a couple of his pals who are Thistle fans, and um, and we were watching the game this afternoon. And and I said to him, I said, listen. Only football can do this to you. No other sport in the world yeah, yeah. can do to you what football does to you. Where, you know, with 30 minutes to go, Thistle are three up, coasting and, and, and in, into the, 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 the Premier League. And within 10 minutes, it's 3-2 and they're bricking it. And it's clearly not going their way anymore. Oh, yeah. And I was saying that to him. I said, football's funny. Football could just turn. Just turn. And this is another example. Celtic won the treble yesterday. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. I mean, it was, you know, it was like, who cares? You know what? People have known you were doing this for weeks. Nobody cares that you did it. The most unremarkable treble ever won. And, and, and now your manager is, has this, well, it no. seems pretty certain that he's gone. And, um, and suddenly you're a club in turmoil again. And, and yeah. they just won the treble. And, 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 and did a club in turmoil. And football just turns like that. And I was thinking this time last year, you know, we we got to the Europa League final. You know, lost by the narrowest of margins. We just won the Scottish Cup, and and everything in the garden looked rosy. You know, we were, yeah. we, this time last year it was you know, bring on the start of the new season. Look what Geo's done. Look 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 for the look where we're going. You know, potentially in the Champions League. You know, but we'll definitely win the league this season. And football's like nothing else. It, it, there's no other. There's no other pastime. Nothing else that can. That, Give you these emotional changes, um, and and what the Celtic support are going through just now is hysterical. Um, <laughs> you know, to, 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 so, so just a normal day see. in the life of a Celtic fan, then, John. It's 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 it is really quite comical that that you can go from winning a treble to hating your manager <laughs> in the space of twenty four hours. Um, and, and when you said when you sent me that, I burst out laughing. It's, it's just. That is just so on brand. Um, they had convinced themselves that this Greek Australian had suddenly become, you know, Jimmy Johnston or something. He's some guy who's never going to leave the club. Are you kidding? You know? Yeah, I the know. only thing that surprises I mean, me is that Spurs is going to and not. I don't know why. That's, 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 that's the most Spurs thing ever, I think. Isn't it? You know, I mean, exactly. Just, right. you, know, it's like, you know, they build that stadium. We're going to be a super club. You know, we're going to be in the Super League. And, and, and then it's just, I mean, you know, I'm not surprised that he's gone down south, right? But as, yep. as you say, Spurs seems seems a, a strange one. But uh, again, me and my mate were chatting about it on Friday. You know, when when the momentum was building up, that he was going, and I was like, I'm just really looking forward to him going through the same thing that Brendan Rodgers went through. You know, just up there to the biggest rat ever, and like that. You know what I mean? And it started already. I don't know if you've noticed Kerry Dale, the, the, the account on Twitter, Kerry Dale. Oh, yes. Kerry he's Dale. obviously, he's, he's, he's trolling, he's trolling Twitter, going through everything, <laughs> and he's retweeting every single one of them. <laughs> 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 Roger's like, hey, no, Roger, a prick, he's this, he's that. And it's, <laughs> he's on his timeline, it's just hundreds, you know what I mean? I'm like, my God, it's not, it's not even Monday yet, and it's starting... <laughs> Yeah, so I, I, it's it's been quite enjoyable. But let's let's stop the laughter for now and concentrate on our own uh, shite season. Craig, I'll, I'll come to you. I mean, I, I suppose if, you, you look at the points tally, ninety-two points. Uh, um, I mean, I, I don't have the stats to hand, but I, I think this could be the first time a team's reached that amount 
and not actually won the league. It, it seems a very high threshold, but it, it does cover a multitude of sins, especially in the first half of the season. And there was a feeling, in my opinion anyway, fairly early on in the season. I mean, the, the first drop points, Easter Road in August or something like that. Kind of what John was saying there, you know, at the end of last season, there was all this positivity. We reached the Europa League final. We probably should have won it, in, in my opinion, but we're really unlucky. Lost out in a penalty shootout. Won the Scottish Cup. All this positivity, it didn't last long. I, don't, I mean, very early on in the season, it felt, oh, this, this, this could be tough. Well, put it this way, um, the Europa League final was the 18th of May, Scottish Cup final 21st of May. We didn't see our first player until... Majai. Uh, Celtic by that point had already signed Jota and Cameron Carter Vickers on permanent deals. For me, that was the difference. You know, laying out your intent at the start of the season as to what you're going to do. We didn't do that last year. Um, whether that's Gio's fault or Ross Wilson's or the board's fault, I said it's another argument for another day. Well, probably it's an argument for day because it's the end of season review, so yeah, we're going to yeah, need to do it. But, um, look, we did go into the season with positivity. I think that Hibs game, to be fair, we won the great that day, but we should never have lost that game. We know the refereeing decisions that went against us that day. It was a draw, um, a draw. It was a two-each two draw. I know, but it did, it did feel it like, like a defeat. It, it, you know, equalising that weird goal in the last minute. And, you know, after that, you know, the next league game's at, at Celtic Park. Um, well... The less it about that, the better. For that, for there onwards, it was just a calamity. I mean, that game in particular, there's, you know, we call it defining moments or whatever you want to say. There was a couple for Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. Both of them were at Celtic Park, in my opinion, and both of them were at Celtic Park in the first 30 or 40 minutes. I mean, I've never seen that before. Um, mm-hmm. Even, yeah. you know, when Rangers teams that have been really, really, really bad at Celtic Park in the banter years. Never been 3-0 down after like half an hour. It's, you know, so that 4-0 game was, you know, for there on in, it was like, we're not getting this back. I think for me, the one that, you know, there's moments and like, we all know it, right? There's moments that you think, we're going to do it this season or we're not going to do it this year. For the 55 year, for me and a lot of people, it would have been the Mullerwell game. Well, it was one each yeah, with yeah, 10 yeah. minutes to go. Itton scored and Roof scored. It was like, as soon as that, you're like, oh, we're going to win the league. For me, the one that said this season, we're not going to do it, is the day, the first weekend of VAR, actually, where we drew one each with Livingston at Ibrox. A couple of hours earlier, Celtic were at Tynecastle. They played Hearts. Hearts were, I think, one up, two one up, three two up. Celtic won four three, and then by the time the game starts at Ibrox, a minute in, we're a golden by an old duel, new play goal, and it's just moments like that where you go, it's just not happening for us this year. But uh, the Easter Road one, look, it was a bad decision, so I was still going into that Celtic game with confidence. But as soon as that game uh, game happens, you're just like, aye, no chance this year. Yeah, it's, it's John. It's been it's it's been a poor one. Uh, the four nothing game was probably the turning point, you know. What I mean, and you started to get the feeling at that point. There was there was a couple of clips came out of that game where you, there was one in particular when we conceded the second goal. You know, 
Kent turns his back in the ball, Lundstrom turns his back in the ball, and you see Van Bronckhorst shouting, pointing, you know, he's a turns your back in the ball, that boy's free, the pass gets put through and, and they go two and up. It, it was at that point he started there's a proper disconnect between Van Bronckhorst and the players. Something is, is just not right. Now, don't get me wrong, we can look at Geo style, you know, the horseshoe and a bit slow and a bit pedestrian and could question the fitness of the players. I would question the pre-season. But I, I don't think it excuses the basic lack of doing the basics, if you know what I mean. Just like, so, it was amateur stuff at times. And I, I think, I mean, that, I think that 4 nine game was the point when everybody went, something wrong here. It was a schizophrenia to the team because obviously I know we're talking about obviously we qualify for the Champions League. We get two we get two hard ties, you know, Dutch yeah. team, a Belgian team, you know, no shame in losing to either of those two. But that Celtic game, a, a part of I think it was because I think we went in with some expectation of a result, having won the semi final at Hamden in the manner that we did win it. Um, yeah. You know, having gone behind and then came back and, and and winning it, and the manner we won it, having drawn the game before that, you could you had this feeling that, that Van Bronckhorst was figuring them out. He was figuring out how they played. He was, you know, and we had gradually got better. I, I went into that game, you know, fairly fairly confident that we would give, have a result. You, know, you never go in thinking you're going to. It's particularly Parkhead. You never go in thinking you're, you know, like this is a this is a game we're going to win easily. But I went in thinking, you know. Right, this will be interesting, you know. They, they they won't be looking forward to us coming there. And they absolutely ran over the top of us. And frankly, we were lucky it was four. And 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 that I think came as a shock to us all. And I think that was the beginning of the end for the Broncos. I don't think he yeah. really ever recovered from that. Um, well that was his, that was his, it was it was almost identical to the three nothing game earlier on, you know what I mean? It was like he hadn't learned anything. Yeah. And I think that was frustrating was because he had learned. We'd seen in, in, in the last two Rangers Celtic games of the previous season that he had learned because we we won and, and we drew and and you know the one we won was an important one to win it wasn't like the one we won like a couple of weeks ago there that you know was more or less a dead rubber that was a game we had to win and we did win it so so it, that was the kind of start I think of the start of the end for for Gio. Um I'm still at a loss as to what happened still can't figure it out and I don't know the points you made there about, about Kent and, and Lundstrom both of whom had been very good. Under Van Bronckhurst, um, three months before, um, are excellent points because you know we're not we're not football coaches, we're not football players, but we know how Celtic play. Mm-hmm. You know, we know that that, that you know that that's part of their style is to get that ball down and, and move again quickly, and, and you know that. So you stand in front of the ball, or you you know you you do something to to, to break up play. It's not yeah. it's not rocket science. Mm-hmm. Um, professional football players should be on top of that and. And the fact that our players didn't do those the basics of playing Celtic at Parkhead, um, and the fact that Van Bronckhorst was clearly frustrated that they weren't doing it points to there being, you know, the issue. Well, the issue that came ahead later on in the season. Uh, clearly, they were not carrying out his instructions. They really weren't understanding them. They weren't being coached properly in what they were doing, or they were just ignoring them. Um, mm-hmm. But they certainly weren't carrying them out. And, and you, you know it's criminal. We we lost the league this year against Celtic. That was the games that lost us the league. I know we'll talk about other games we lost, other places we dropped points. You always drop points through the season, but the head to heads were the ones that that we really let ourselves down in. And if we'd won in January, and if we'd got something at Parkhead in, in March, whenever that game was, who knows? 
It's all ifs and buts. Who knows, though? Um, you know, uh, that's, that's so disappointing. Yeah, Craig, I mean, it is a, a sort of season of two halves, really. You know what I mean? The, 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 the first half of the campaign before Christmas, you know, we, we draw against Hibs, Levy, St Mirren, you know, we get the defeat the, the by Celtic, as I've just spoke about, uh, the, the, the defeat at St Johnson. And, you know, by, by Christmas, we're nine points behind. You know what I mean? When it comes to that winter break for the, for the World Cup, we're nine points behind. And it wasn't just the points tally. I mean, I, 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 at that point, I was coming on here and defending Gio because it had, to me, it had so was points, that. It had points in the bank based Absolutely. on you know getting us to. And he never just got us to a Europa League final. He got us to a Europa League final with a bit of style. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, Walter Smith got us there, fighting like fuck essentially mm-hmm. just to just to get there. Yeah. We, we we got to that final playing some cracking stuff. We deserved it. And absolutely deserved it. And I would actually argue that they deserve to win the trophy outright. Yeah. But it wasn't to be, you know, when you think of Manchester and Seville, there's there's no doubt about what, what's the better campaign. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Seville is a better campaign. That that whole run was so good. I mean, it was so tactically tuned tuned in and how how he navigated them. And then just all of a sudden to just go completely the other way. It, 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 as John says, you're still a bit bewildered by it. That's it. It just it, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, well, I know Gio's form domestically since he came in wasn't great, more so since the start of 2022. But you know that that four nil game, like as you said, Colin, that second goal where like Lundstrom and Kent are caught in no man's land, and you see Gio, he's doing all the hand gestures, he's doing this and doing that. And that was when I got really angry because I thought, do you know what? This guy is masterminded us to a Europa League final, which he did. He masterminded us to that final. And those players are not carrying out his instructions in the biggest game possible in Scotland. And that's where I started to question the players' mentality. Probably should have done it a wee while before then, but that's when I really started to question it. And I just, I, I don't understand it at all. You know, and it's like, John, you mentioned it earlier. He did suss him out. He sussed him out in that game at Hamden. The game at Parkhead that was one one where Sakala equalised. We should have won that game. Yeah. You know, he had a couple of chances. I think Ryan Jack had a chance. We should have won that game. And then for whatever reason, that first game at Parkhead, all hell breaks loose. And that's me being very, very nice towards him. And we're going to see a recurring theme from what I'm about to say in terms of you know players not being able to carry out simple instructions, getting the basics wrong. Michael Beale uses the phrases later on in the season when we, we lose the two important games at Hamden. We lost the game in the boxes. We'll see it be fair, but we're doing the same before that as well. I mean, we didn't look great under Gio. Let's be honest, we weren't playing amazing football. You know, it was a horseshoe, but we were still getting pretty much the same results. You know, but I, I, that 4 0 game, I, I I don't understand it. And Colin, you did say a, a season or two halves. I mean, see, to be fair, we went into the Michael Beale era nine points behind. We come out at eight points behind. Mm-hmm. I know, all right, he's got a point, five million Celtic, and I did tweet about that a few weeks ago, which is mostly just to try and get a wee reaction out of Celtic fans and it worked, by the way. Um, but let's be real here. Um, 
Michael Beale's came in, he's done well. I'm not I'm not here to, you know, try and throw anything at Michael Beale, but we've won nothing. Do you know what I mean? If we didn't sack people say, right, okay, if we didn't sack Joe in November, oh it would have been a whole lot worse. We would have been twenty or thirty points behind. See, to be honest, whether we finish twenty or thirty points behind or eight points behind, it doesn't make a matter of difference to me. We won absolutely nothing this season. Could you have done something better in the cups against them? Well, probably not. But you know, we we won't know that. At the end of the day, we'll know more about Michael Beale's Rangers going into next season. Um, and my worry is, you know, the whole thing about the contracts with Kent Morelos, well, pretty much ready to, is that I'm scared that Michael Beale was brought in to try and get a tune out of the players that were there as opposed to being brought in to have a complete rebuild because I think you could have had a complete rebuild under Gio last year and I think he wasn't afforded the opportunity. I think the players that we brought in last summer, they were not Gio signings. They were Ross Wilson signings. I think that's pretty much agreed. Um, so, look, there's a lot of positivity going into next season and I am as well, but at the same time, it's like, we really need to win the league next season because if we don't, the last year, two years, is going to look like a hell of a lot of wasted money and it's going to be a problem. And I'm, 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 I'm not going to lie, I'm scared about that because I think look, I think Michael Beale's the right man to succeed. I think he was probably brought in at the wrong time. I think he has done well to get a job out of the players that have been there, but let's face facts. You know, Gio was there for one trophy, Michael Beale was there for two. So, you know, look at that. And I'm not saying it's Michael Beale's fault. It's not Michael Beale's fault that we lost the semi against Celtic. That was, you know, not, you know, not starting, never mind stopping. His, his selection in, you know, the, the final at Hamden, that, that's questionable. But I think the point I'm trying to make is that we got rid of the manager thinking, oh, that would, you know, do this, that, the next thing. You see, on, see, at the end of the day, on paper, it changed nothing. We still walk out of this season empty-handed. So, next season, I believe in Bill, I trust in Bill, but next season, we really, 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 really need to get it right. Because if we don't, it will be a disaster. And that's not an exaggeration. John, there is a common link, I think, between Gio and Bill, and, and, and it's in these Celtic games. The, the standard of the goals we conceded. Now, you can look at the 4 nothing game and at least three of them are laughable. Uh, one, of the great, one of the goals we conceded at Ibrox and that two each draw, the first one, that comes from us, that comes from Lundstrom miscontrolling Morelos, the ball. Again, again, Morelos cuts it across. Tav doesn't tackle right. I think it was Goldson, that kind of name, doesn't tackle right. The game at Celtic Park, you know, Ben Davies and, and Suter, two shocking goals to concede. Uh, the semi-final there, when everybody just stands off, you know, and they let Celtic in and, and, and uh, Jota scores. So, yeah, we can look at the managers, we can look at Gio and say, OK, it didn't work, it, 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 it wasn't good enough. But I've, I've said this a lot on Twitter and a lot of, a lot of times in the show this season, some of the players in that dressing room need to take a hard fucking look at themselves because I've, I've, I've rattled off about seven goals here that are just unforgivable. 
You know what I mean? And three are in one game. So the three, the three game at Celtic Park, that one at Ibrox, the two at Celtic Park, and the one in the semi-final. Seven goals against Celtic in something like three games that, that just shouldn't be conceded. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, it's, that, that's. I mean, that's it. But it, it comes down to you know when you're blaming managers and stuff like that, and I get that because they're ultimately responsible. But a manager can of control decision making on the part. You know what I mean? And some of those decisions lacked heart, lacked belief, and they never learned because they done it continually. They done it when Gio was there, and they done it when Bill was there. It was a continual thread through the entire season. Just basically gift wrapping my goal and saying, there you go, Celtic, one nothing, two nothing, one nothing, three nothing, whatever. Yeah. Um, it points to mentality as much as anything else. Concentration. These guys, you know, Goldson didn't become a, a, a bad centre-half in that game. You know, Lundstrom is something of an enigma. You know, this time last year, we were quite literally calling him the best in the world. And, and I think by Halloween, we would all have sold him. Um, you know, it, players who hadn't been making mistakes suddenly start making mistakes. Uh, you know, a couple of the goals you mentioned there are just, you know, uh, ones, they're comedy goals. <laughs> you know, absolutely. No, but a couple of them are just comedy goals, just like passing the ball to their players. Um, yeah. You know, some of them were just poor defended. Some of them were, like you say, standing off, you know, not closing down. But some of them are literally just 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 passing the ball to them, and, and the the departure of Van Bronckhurst. There were obviously there was a lot of unrest amongst the support. We saw that. We saw that doing doing the, the podcast. Um, you know the comments that people leave that people pass on to you later. Um, you'd see it on the forum. Um, you'd see it amongst the 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 presenters and guests. You know, there were some people, and, and I was a bit like you, that I hadn't quite, didn't feel it was quite ready to give up in Van Bronckhorst. Um, but, but clearly those behind the scenes at the club had seen, you know, what they could see. And clearly there were issues there. And there were issues, there's no doubt there were issues. And whether Van Bronckhorst could have fixed them or not, I don't know. I always remember, the, the remember we had the Dutch guy on? I think were you yeah, on that? Yeah, yeah. He, he did see a couple of things that night that put a wee Aye. bit of fear in me. Yeah. Aye. And, and I always remember that, that you know, that, that some of the things that he was saying and, 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 you know, there was an element of history repeating itself. You know, the Broncos had one very good season with, with, with Feyenoord. Um, and he had players there that he was able to coach and, and, and win a league. And then when those players, well, in, in the case of Cout, left, retired, um, he was unable to replace them with like for like, and, and they had a terrible season the following season, and he, and he was he was let go halfway through that season, despite being a fine odd legend um, as a player uh, and a really popular player. And the thing is, I think Bimmerbrockers remains popular. It's it's funny. I don't think anyone. I don't think we necessarily turned against him as a person. Um, I don't know. I remember Roy Mackay went home. Um, there was yeah, talk of maybe some family yeah. issues and things. Yeah, yeah. Roy Mackay went home for a while. I don't know if there was things happening behind the scenes. I don't know if there was other issues, but but it pointed the performances on the pitch, the lack of concentration. You know, we've I, I've heard it said a number of times. I think we've spoken about it in the pod. The preseason was it right? There was times we didn't. Yeah. We looked tired. There was times we looked leggy, um, and that's not something you associate with Rangers. I mean, I've seen as I've seen Rangers lose many games over the years, um, but I've not often felt, certainly domestically, that we weren't as fit as the teams we were playing against. And there's times it looked like that this season. 
Um, and I don't know why that would be. There's no reason why that would be. Um, no good reason anyway. I think we were unlucky with injuries. I think we were. Yeah, yeah. I don't think our recruitment in the summer was was particularly good. Um, but I do think we were we were unlucky. Cholak, you know, had a great start to the season and then picked up an injury. He was scoring goals. He was you know scoring a lot of goals. Um, and then he picked up an injury and and then we, we lost. We lost Goldson, who had basically we'd never lost in the entire time he's been with us. Um, you know, we lost him. We we obviously Roof barely kicked the ball all season. Um, Tom Lawrence was the one I was I was I was going to say. You know, Lawrence looked. If we can remember those first that first kind of July August, Lawrence looked like oh here this could be the guy because we lost Bassey and we lost Aribo, two very important players to us the year before. We didn't replace Bassey. Bassey wasn't replaced. Um, but Long looked like he might replace an evil, different type of player, but but an attacking, creative player, a guy who who who, who provide assists, who draw defenders, you know, um, and and we all know how that ended, and and so we were unlucky. You can't put it all down to luck, but we didn't. The luck was going didn't go our way. Yeah. Um, it's not in the first half of the season, and and you need luck. You know, I mean, there's the famous quote from Napoleon um, when asked what he looks for in these generals, and he said, "Luck. I want a lucky general." And, and and you know there's there's a lot of truth in that. Jesus um, Christ, that's, that's a bit high ground. Napoleon quotes. Jeez, oh, Napoleon. Nobody's nobody's watching, so it doesn't make any odds. You're going to check. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and you know you need a bit of that. It's, it's, we're talking about continental battlefields here. Um, you need a bit of that. Listen, uh, I should point out. Was it much a continental up, battlefield this season? <laughs> it ended up there was a few battlefields unfortunately we ended up like Napoleon and all of them. Um, <laughs> and, and um, you know the luck didn't go away and I, there was a, it just, I don't think you can point to one thing and it was interesting hearing what Craig said about his, his concerns for next season you know I go through every summer and the hope returns <laughs> and, 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 and I go in with a positive mindset and I'm looking forward to it and, and you know it's you see something in pre-season and the defenders are like, well, you know what, well, this, this could be a good season for us. And, and the truth is, you just don't know until it starts. Um, and, and let's see. Let's see what next season brings. But looking at last season, I think it, it, I think it was lots of little things. I think lots of little things went wrong. And um, it, it, part of it was losing the games that we needed to get a result in, the Celtic games. And those were, those were big games. And I think, not just from the perspective of three points, but I think from a psychological perspective, we kept handing 100%. Celtic an advantage. Um, we let Celtic think they were unbeatable because we seemed to stop believing that we could beat them. Um, and the truth is they weren't unbeatable and we showed that you know, a few weeks ago. Um, but our psychology was wrong and, and there's, that's not really forgivable. That doesn't, that, the, the, the buck does stop with the manager there. Craig, I mean, even I mean, there was a, there was a really big positive early on in the season when we qualified for the Champions League. You know, uh, the only positive. <laughs> well, I mean, even that turned shit. You know what I mean? When we got <laughs> well, at, at, least we mean? Get, at least we get the money. Yeah, it, yeah at least we skinned the fans it, it, for sixty quid a ticket, and we got the money as well. You know, I mean, that, that, that's the point I was about to make. So we qualified for the Champions League. Like my my, my son's just turned eighteen, so. You know, he was too young the last time Rangers were in the Champions League, so he was really excited to go and see a Champions League game. You know, we bought the 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 the, 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 the package for the tickets, and then the prices come out, and you're like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, you know what I mean? Yeah, Just no. totally the and then and then they turn in three absolutely horrid home performances. The Liverpool one, especially, 
you know, we, we come out of the group with no points. I think it's the worst Champions League performance by any team. You know what I mean? So, I mean, even that, you know, when we, when we qualified that night, when we, when we beat PSV, I mean, even that, I, the, the, I, I should have, I should have twigged it was it wasn't going to be a good thing uh, because at the start of the game, I'd rewound it. You know, you can rewind your Sky Plus. I'd rewound it by like three or four minutes to watch an interview and had forgot to put it back to real time. So without knowing, I was watching the game like like three minutes behind. And my son was at training. He was training for his team that night. And he came bouncing. It's nothing each on, on my telly. And he comes bouncing <laughs> going, yes! Why not? And I'm like, no, it's no. And he was like, I was literally listening to it in the car. And I was like, oh. <laughs> what sure enough, 30 seconds later, and so that took the, the, there was no real joy about scoring. It was like, okay, we're winning. You know what I mean? It, it, it just sort of killed the moment. And I should have known then. This is just going to be shit. So, so what you're saying, Colin, is you never actually had a high moment of this season no, after that. <laughs> the Champions League campaign, other than the USG game, was an absolute uh, Champions I was going to say, maybe you, you somehow managed to, to rewind your season ticket by about four or five minutes in that one as well. But no, um, aye, I was around hoping for that one. It was a great night. It was very good. Uh, you know, it was a highlight of the season. I, I remember I, I had my, my hotel room booked in Eindhoven and where it was, it was kind of like between the strip in Eindhoven, but it was just full of PSV fans feel like midday like the place was going absolutely nuts with PSV fans and like going to meet Rangers fans at the normal square so I was walking through like the, the strip with PSV fans and all that and uh, no one said anything they're all quite polite and fairness to them you know uh, one or two down there like that oh you know come on Celtic and all that right? I'm like that I'm like that okay come on Ajax <laughs> um, and then one of them handed me a leaflet and um, I took it off them. I said, they said, are you coming back here later tonight? And I'm like, ah, yes, I'll be back here later tonight. Not a problem at all. And uh, I took the leaflet, you know, went away, blah, 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 and translated it. And it was like a PSV badge, a Champions League logo. And it said, be back here in basically the Eindhoven version of Sucky Hall Street for a PSV uh, Champions League party. Now, obviously, went to the game in the Phillips Stadium, very good stadium, um, you know, it was a, a decent game, Cholak scored, the game finishes, brilliant, we go down, and I went back to the strip, well, all the PSV fans told me to meet them for the, the Champions League party, but there was nobody there, I was the only person that, I was the only person that was there. <laughs> But in fairness, with the six games that were coming in the Champions League, I was still probably the only person that was going to be there. But um, like, I won't forget that night in Eindhoven. For, for me, it was it was really emotional. Even you know the qualifier against PSV, and I know we'll say it wasn't a proper Champions League game. Look, see, at the end of the day, when the music's playing, you've got the branding around the stadium. It's a Champions League game. That that game against PSV, that was really really emotional for me. Um, because to me that signified the end of the journey um, properly um, but uh, the European campaign in general was just an absolute farce I mean the Ajax game coming what three days after the humiliation at Celtic Park the Napoli game at Ibrox where we done quite well uh, I think yeah. that was just that was just one of those games you know Sands gets sent off it took Napoli two penalties to, to get one over on us that day so you know, the runaway Serie A champions. 
you know, we can put up with that, fair enough. Then the Liverpool game came and after about half an hour, but I go up against them. I'll beat them one now. And you're playing well. We were playing well, and you I, don't understand what I don't think Rangers played particularly bad that night. It was just the last fifteen minutes. It, it just everything. yeah, it just well half time. Half time was one each. Yeah, I Colin. So half time was one each, and I remember going into half time, and I was raging because I said, "For me, I think it was it scored the equaliser for the mm. corner." And I just went, we've showed them too much respect. I said, we scored the goal, we got on those in front, we were brilliant. And I just went, we've showed them too much respect to allow them to get back in the game. But at the same time, the vibes are in Ibrox are really positive. It's like, we're going to, we're going to get something, we're going to win this game. Aye, six goals later. Yeah. Look what happens. But that's football, as we were talking about first of all. John, I mean, how would, how would uh, I mean, I'm assuming you didn't enjoy the Champions League campaign, but I mean, how, how did you feel? I mean, I mean, obviously getting back was a moment, as, as, as Craig's pointed out there, you know, it does kind of represent the end of a, a journey. Although I would argue yeah. getting to a European final was, was probably a, a bigger achievement, but, you know, the Champions League is the biggest tournament to, to get back in that does sort of represent a step, you know, maybe the final step, although given the financial results on the back of that, although I know some of that money will be in next year's accounts, you know, it feels like we need to get back in there a couple of times to, 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 to get the, the sort of financial foundation that we need. I mean, how was, how was your Champions League group stage journey? I mean, for me, obviously disappointing. The, one of the biggest disappointing things for me was was the pricing. You know, I, I just felt like I was getting a pass ripped at me, uh, and that's been that's been a, 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 a reoccurring theme for a while now with the club. Uh, but that out of the equation, how was how was your Champions League campaign? Yeah, yeah, it certainly wasn't one to remember. Um, the Ajax away game was very frustrating because we played so poorly. You know, having beaten PSV in Eindhoven, you know, I actually, you know, you look at them and think, well, they must be on a similar path to PSV. They play in the same league. Yes, Ajax had yeah. won the league, but when you actually look at how the league went this season, uh, you know, that for me, we went into that game for some reason with a very negative attitude. Um, we we didn't turn up. We played very poorly, and we allowed Ajax to just run all over the top of us. And I don't understand why we did that. Having having seen us put Dortmund to the sword, and there's no way you're telling me Dortmund are, 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 a, are a poorer team than Ajax. Yeah. Having seen us, you know, a, a, a run last season mm-hmm. with basically the same side with the exception of Bassi and, and, and Aribo, how and why we turned up with the mindset we did at Ajax, I just don't understand. And I, I will, is again... Is it maybe here in be. Is it maybe hearing that Champions be. League team tune thinking, oh, it's a Champions League now, it's not the Europa League, even though it's a team that's, that's a fair, that's a fair point, Colin. I, I never actually thought about that myself, right? Because, like, you never know, we, you know, we're all talking about mentality here. As soon as that Champions League anthem's played, you know, and at the end of the day, I, I remember when um, we played PSV, I think PSV actually went out and beat Ajax that weekend. So I was going into that game thinking, you know, well, Ajax PSV, they're at least on a similar level. And they went out and absolutely gubbed us. So, yeah. Mentality-wise, it might be the Champions League anthem. Who knows? But that's a fair point. Yeah. I mean, it's just... It's, it, no, 
No, I mean, what, 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 what you've both said there, you could well be right, because something was not right with that team that uh-huh. night. That was such a different performance from what we had been used to in Europe over the two seasons before, where, where we went toe-to-toe with, with teams in Europe and, and you know, we laid, the, we laid the glove on them. You know, in some cases we came away with, with historic victories, but even in the games that we didn't win, you know, we came away knowing, right, at Ibrox, you know, this is, you know, we're, we're going into the game at Ibrox thinking we've got a chance. And I think that's what, I think that came as a surprise. And as you mentioned, it, it came very, very close to the Celtic defeat and this sudden realisation that something's happened to this team. Yeah. Um, that the mentality's not right. The tactics aren't right. Something has happened to this team and suddenly we're shipping goals and unable to score them. And that was massively worrying and, and hugely disappointing. The Liverpool game in Liverpool, there's an element of the Walter Smiths in Europe about it. You know, we were kind of there to, to see if we could get a, if we could get a zero, I think is, mm-hmm. um, was the term used about Van Bronckhorst. We were there to see if we could get a nil-nil draw. We didn't manage. It was a terrible game of football. Um, I, I, we didn't manage. We deserved to lose that game. And yet, oddly, we had a couple of chances in the last kind of 15 minutes. If you, I don't know if you remember that game. A couple of chances, having done nothing the entire game. The last 15 minutes, we suddenly came out and had to go. And we actually had a couple of chances. And again, you felt, what if? You know, what if we just, we just, just played our game, played our style yeah. there? Um, we were unlucky in Napoli in that, you know, we got the most informed team in Europe. Uh, in our group. Liverpool are a mega team. But, uh, yeah, it's difficult to quantify the gap between our two clubs just now. But, you know, Liverpool are a mega team. Liverpool's reserves, you know, as you saw that, Liverpool went to the bench and brought on, you know, Mo Salah. You know, Liverpool had a bench that, that um, you know, would be the envy of most clubs' first choices. And at Ibrox, having had that, you know, as you say, that great first half, and again, you thought, right, this is the Rangers now. This is Rangers turned up. This is the Rangers from Europe we know. There was a gutlessness to the way we collapsed. And you, it was interesting you said you've never seen a team do that before. I've seen lots of teams do that. I've never seen a Rangers team do that before. Yeah. Um, you know, that, there was a gutlessness to that. And that, I think, was the other moment where folk thought, nah, something's wrong with this club. Mm-hmm. You know, see if it had been a team of boys we had out. See if it had been, a, you know, you know what, we're having to play youngsters at a place. But it wasn't, you know, it wasn't our first choice. We did have guys missing. Um, but it, it was so disappointing in the manner of that defeat. Ibrox, uh, you know, to have that defeat hanging over us now at Ibrox, it's, it's, it's not great. Um, and ironically, against against Napoli away again, I thought actually we played okay away, and I thought you know we we we, we did okay. Didn't deserve to win. Better team won. Um, they had some wonderful players. Um, you know, I thought we did okay. Um, but by the end of it, it was like, oh god, let me out of here. You know, stop stop hitting me. He's dead already. Uh, it was that type of thing. Um, and having had three really good seasons in Europe, culminating in a European final. It was such a disappointment, such a disappointment that we didn't put on more of a show. We didn't put on more of, you know, I, I think we can all accept losing to Liverpool if you know that you've left everything out there. Yeah. You know, the team has left everything out there and we didn't. You know, we didn't. And they were brittle that's, at the time. That's you know, they, they, that was a brittle team. I mean, when you think the season yeah. that Liverpool have had, you know, there's been so many games since I've watched that Liverpool team and went, I can't believe this team put seven past us. 
because the, the you know for the majority of the season, I know they just missed out in the Champions League. They're, they're, they're a decent wee run towards the end, but for long periods, I was watching that Liverpool team. Like this is a, of of all of Klopp's team, this is the worst version that they've yeah. ever had. You know, yeah. I would have taken it two or three years ago when they were just untouchable, but this is yeah. the worst version of that, 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 this team that they've ever had. And it was just, I mean, I really do think, I, I can't quite remember the the timing of the goals. I'm pretty sure on like 75 minutes, it was 2-1. It, 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 it was just... It was ridiculous. It was, it was, it was just a ridiculous. It was like four goals and um, it was... It just felt like every time they were running out of the park, they were going to score. So yeah, I agree. It was a really, really disappointing uh, campaign in that respect, John. I, I mean, in terms of, I mean, I mean obviously Beale arrives, you know, he brings in Cantwell, brings in Raskin. I mean, we, I think we can all agree that we've, we've seen an improvement. I think Beale's ambition, once he knew, I mean, I think that, that goal that Celtic got on January with two minutes to go, I mean, that was, that was probably the final opportunity we had to to narrow the points, you know, and if you get it down to six points at that point, you just never know, you know, you don't know how they're going to react and all the rest of it. I think when that goal went in and it was a two-each draw, I, I kind of felt at that point, I, I don't think we were going to claw this back. It felt like but, a defeat. Yeah. yeah and, uh, but, I mean, I don't think we can, I don't think anyone can argue that we've, we've not seen an improvement in performances. I think, obviously, the, the, the performance levels of Cantwell in particular, you know, we, we look a more confident team. There's a bit of rhythm about us. Uh, and we saw that at uh, Ibrox a couple of weeks ago, you know, when we beat Celtic 3 nothing. You know, so we've definitely seen, you know, improvements. Cup campaigns, again, really, really disappointing. But, Craig, I, I want to sort of talk about off the park now, you know, because there has been a lot of movement there, a lot of movement. So, yeah. you know, you think about it, Douglas Park's away, Ross Wilson has gone, Stuart Robertson's left the club, you know, Craig Mulholland at the, the, the academy's away, Andrew Dixon, the, the financial uh, chief exec or whatever he was, he's gone, uh, and um, the guys that sit behind me at Ibrox, they, they've they've known Andrew Dixon for years, and according to them, they, he came into his work one day and was told, "Pack your desk and go." It was it was as brutal as that. It, there was no warning, no nothing. It was just clear desk and go. Uh, so it, it feels like a not only on the park, you know, it feels like we're about to enter a new year on the park, obviously a lot of new signings come in, but off the park in the boardroom and the sort of management structure, feels like a lot of change going on there. Absolutely, well, I never actually realised that that, that happened um, to Andrew Dixon, like you mentioned it there, Colin, and to put it bluntly, John Bennett, he's no messing about. No, he's, he's not. no messing about, is he? And do you know what? I think it's been long overdue at Rangers, you know, we just need people to come in, you know, we need to have that Rangers mentality. I think it was the Battle Fever podcast that tweeted it yesterday, you know. A change of mentality is what is needed at this club. And that is absolutely 100% the truth. Now, it's a weird way that I, I kind of describe it because we talk about the recovery phase, you know, the recovery phase for like 2015 to probably now. To be fair, 
you know, the recovery phase, you know, get Rangers back into the SPL, get them back up to the Scottish, uh, top of Scottish football, get them back to well in Europe, blah, 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 blah. That's all well and good. Now is not the time for recovery. We've already recovered. We got back to the top of Scottish football very briefly, but we did get back to the back for a wee bit and it was good. Um, you know, we've had our runs in Europe. For me, we've went from a stage of recovery to a stage of normality where now it needs to be Rangers, proper Rangers, as in we are going to win the league every single season. And if we don't win the league in that particular season, there's going to be repercussions for it. Now, I look back to the last period where Rangers, you know, went a few years without winning the league before, you know, the fan hit the, you know what, um, we changed two managers in three years. Celtic won three in a row from what, 2006, well, 2000, aye, 2006, 7 and 8. We changed two managers in three years at that time. Now, I know it was a different era, different owner, blah, blah, but the point remains that we changed it until we got it right. We changed it until we got Walter Smith back in, who made it right, and then he went and won three leagues in a row. We're now at a point where we cannot keep excusing what happened to us 11 years ago um, as, you know, a point of, like, you know, excusal. Because for me, that died a couple of seasons ago. You know, I said in a tweet yesterday, I went, the years we got up from 2016 to 2018, I could almost excuse it because... There was a player disparity between Rangers and Celtic and there was a financial disparity. So two trebles in, it's not nice to say, but you can kind of excuse it. But let's not forget, two years ago, pretty much, we won the league undefeated against a team that had won nine league titles in a row. That is not a bad Rangers team. The fact that we have let a team that win a full league season unbeaten go and lose five of the next six domestic trophies is unacceptable. We cannot have that continue any longer. And the time for excuses for me is absolutely over. Rangers and Celtic, even financially now, yeah, Celtic do have slightly better finances than Rangers. They've got a lot more money in the bank. But in terms of, you know, player um, you know, player wages, etc, etc, it's pretty much neck and neck. I actually believe that um, last season, 21-22, Rangers had a bigger wage build than Celtic. So we can't keep using what happened 11 years ago as an excuse. The thing for talking's over. The fact that we allowed Celtic to win five trophies out of six after winning the league unbeaten... It's just unforgivable. That is not acceptable in any stretch of life. So going forward next season, the board have got to get it right. I think we've got the right people in charge. I really, really like John Bennett. I think he's a Rangers man. He's he's got that good mix into it. It's like, you know, you want a businessman and you want a Rangers man. If you can combine the both, it's it's bloody brilliant. And you've got James Bisgrove as well, who let's face it, I've said that about him before. The guy knows what he's talking about. He's had, you know, in terms of modern football, he's had so many senior roles at UEFA. He probably put Michelle Platini to shame. 
Um, you know, the guy knows Well, not exactly, but the, the point I'm trying to make is obviously, like, the guy knows what he's talking about. The guy knows what he's doing. In terms of modern football, I said that, you know, Bisgrove was at UEFA for, like, two years and then he got promoted and then he was at them for, like, another three or four years. You don't get promoted at UEFA unless you're good at your job, right? Let's face it. So he knows what he's doing. He's got the right contacts. And to be fair to him, he stuck to his word. He said when he came in, and I think it was 2019, I'm going to, you know, narrow the gap in revenue between Rangers and Celtic. I think it was about £30 million pounds off the top of my head that Celtic were ahead of Rangers in uh, commercial revenue in 2019. There is no gap anymore in terms of commercial revenue. Bisgrove's the one that's done that. I'm, I firmly believe in him. I fully believe in Bennett. Um, and this is what I've got to do going forward. Do you know what? We've got the team there. We've got the team there in terms of the boardroom. And we've just got to go make it show. But I need to stress, we cannot keep making excuses for what happened 11 years ago. For me, that is gone now. And, you know, I'm quite angry. I'm quite emotional and, and stuff like that in the same respect as well because I can't help it. Like, we're all Rangers fans here. We want the best for the club. We want us to do well. And to watch and sit by and watch them win treble after treble, it's sickening. And do you know what? If, if you're a Rangers fan out there, and you were or you weren't watching that game yesterday, whether you heard the news for a person on your phone, whether you see that happening live on the telly, that, I really wanted that to make you sick because it made me feel sick yesterday when I seen that. And that is the mentality that we need to have going forward. We cannot allow them any more space. This is it now. This is, for me, a line in the sand moment. I think I've got the ballroom and team and now we just need to go and do it. John, the, the the movement in the boardroom, how, how do you feel about that? I mean, a lot, a lot of change, a lot of change. And, you know, I, I, I recall various comments for you throughout the season, you know, given your your own sort of business dealings, that you thought this was a lot for any business to take on in terms of change of management structure and all that kind of thing. Yeah, it's, it's fundamental change. It's change. They've changed almost every senior aspect at the club which is almost unheard of when there hasn't been actually a, a, there's not been a takeover you know the change there's not been a change of ownership at the club so to see that level of change in such a short space of time it's a hell of a gamble i'll say that and um you know i understand what the sentiments behind what craig is saying i have absolutely no idea if we have the right people in place they, um, you know i really don't um the people who were there before in terms of the the Park family, they are a very successful, very astute business people and big blue noses. Um, I've no idea if John Bennett um, knows more or knows less than they do, but he has certainly shown, and it's, you have to assume that, that this is these decisions are decisions that, that he has, has been behind. Um, but he has certainly shown in a very short space of time a, a, a ruthlessness um, and a desire to make change that we've probably not seen at the club since the late 80s. It's probably been that length of time. There was obviously the, the big change when um, 
the three bears and and um, and King managed to take back the club. Uh, there was that big change, and and, and obviously the. The time before that, when, when things all went to the wall. But in terms of this type of change, in terms of, of of somebody making changes internally, we haven't seen changes since then. And the change then went very well. You know, those changes um, modernised the club and in many ways changed Scottish football um, for, forever. Whether these changes will do that will depend on who they bring in. You know, the, the people have to be replaced. Um, you know, we will need new people to come in but we've changed manager we've changed coaching staff um we've changed the boardroom we've changed the senior the senior executives at the club um as i said it's a lot of change and um you know not all change works first time round so we'll just have to see um i probably i'm probably more nervous about that level of change than craig is uh, i probably find that level of change slightly alarming um but let's see where it goes. Football's a funny business. You know, football's a very funny business. Unlike every other business, they know that we'll be here this time next year and the time after that. We might not be happy or we might be deliriously happy, but we'll be here. They're not going to lose us as as customers, if you like, but they will have to deliver and, and, on, and on the pitch. And that's where it matters. Um, I, I think a couple of things that, that Craig said. Craig said we've closed the, the gap um, in terms of um, turnover with, with Celtic. Yes, we have. But we haven't closed the gap in terms of, of, of income, in terms of a, actual profit and, and what we're doing. That there still has a bit to go. Um, and we'll see what this season brings after the Champions League money um, and a couple of big sales uh, last summer. And it'll be interesting to see what our, our next books look like. But, but we still haven't quite got that to the point where, where we, we, we are toe-to-toe -to -toe with them. So let's see what happens. It's a, um, there's some big decisions to be made. I get the impression, and, and you know, and, and I, I say this, I say this in every pod, whatever we're talking about, I have no inside information. I, I'm, you know, I'm just, um, I'm just somebody passing on my opinion. Uh, and my opinion is, is, um, is as uninformed as most people. But from the outside looking in, I have to assume that um, the, the people in charge of the club just now have a plan. You know, it, do, it doesn't feel like scattered gun. It doesn't feel like they've just gone on a, a, on a firing uh, spree. It, it feels like there is a plan in place. Um, and I'll be interested to see, to see how that plan is fulfilled and, and what happens. Um, time will tell. Yeah, I mean, obviously, this is in terms of reshuffles and all the rest that we've seen exits as well. You know, Alan McGregor, Scott Arfield, Ryan Kent, Morelos, Philip Lander have all left. You know, I, I think we can certainly say, with respect to McGregor and Arfield, there's a feeling that their careers at Ibrox were a success. I mean, McGregor's a club legend. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Scott Arfield, very popular, especially with me. Uh, Love the guy. You know, Hollander, good player as well, you know, I, I just think really unlucky with injuries. Morelos, probably going to go down as a club legend, but how he's, his career sort of petered out at the end there, frustrating. And Kent, again, was, was, was slightly frustrating. But, you know, looking forward to next season, you know, we've already seen, you know, Kieran Dowell's in, uh, Dujon Sterling's in, uh, Raskin and uh, Cantwell have obviously been really, really good uh, buys from Beale so far. We were talking earlier on, came our roofs to come back, Tom Lawrence's to come back. So it definitely feels like, you know, as it's, and, and, and it feels like from the boardroom to the pitch, it's just like a, a, a new era. So with that in mind, 
and looking forward to next season. Are these both confident, Craig? We'll start with you. Are you confident for next season? Oh, 100%. I'm always confident heading into any season. Um, look, we can't get over the fact that what we're seeing on the other side of the city right now is uncertainty. And we know what uncertainty breeds. We've seen that with ourselves, you know, when Gerard left. You know, everything seemed rosy in the garden as soon as Gerard left. We know what happened after that. So that gives me positivity. Um, but to be fair as well to the board and everyone in charge of Ibrox now, I do think there's a plan. I know John mentioned it, but I do. I really do think there's a plan. I've got the confidence in these people. I mean, the fact that Rangers have signed two players by the end of May and it wasn't even June, I mean, that gives me the confidence in itself. <laughs> it's going to be a good season, you know, because when was the last time we've seen that? I mean, you know, I, I think to the last time we had a successful Rangers season, obviously the one we won the league, we got the big signings out to be very early. You know, we get Roof done, we get uh, Haji done early, Itton as well. Remember Roof and Itton were signed in the same day? Well, like that, we've seen two strikers for like six million quid in the space of like four hours. Like, what's happening here? Um, but, you know, we need to get the code of the squad back. We do need another goalkeeper. It does look as if it's going to be Jack Butland. I've got my reservations about him, but, you know, I think Robin McCrory should be the number one going into the next season. But to be fair, if Jack Butland's there challenging him and they're both going at it, fine, it's brilliant, it's more competition that's what you need at Rangers, you need competition so if you've got both of them going for it I'm very happy So Sequentes is supposed to be unveiled in the next few weeks that's for me as well, I've not got a problem I actually think in the midfield we're okay Um, I think we're probably talking about adding bodies more than quality if that kind of makes sense to the viewers at home Um, what we need is a striker I mean, we need a striker, a proper striker, because unfortunately the roof isn't going to be fit. It's quality, obviously, on his day. We don't know what's happening with Cholak. We need a striker that's, you know, a, a big, 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 big signing. That's what we need going into the next season. That's probably where we did lose the league. We need, I think, one big centre-back, and I don't mean in terms of size, but in terms of, you know, finances. We need one big centre-back. We probably need one or two backups as well. Um, because I look at it, you know, I'm saying we've got Goldson, Suter, can't he trust Suter with his injuries? That's really it. I mean, you've got Leon King there, obviously. I think another one, obviously, we need to, to sign one anyway, and then probably a fifth one just to, for the squad depth. So, look, we've got a lot of work to do. Let's not beat around the bush here. You know, we're not the best team in Scotland at the moment. We can't get away from that. You know, but if the news goes through, obviously, which it will go through in the next few days of what's happening in the other side of the city, we need to take that and put it to our advantage. I, you know, I've heard people saying like, oh, you know, I want him to stay because I want Bill to knock him off his perch. Listen, we're Rangers fans. We're not here to what uh, to knock one person off their perch. We're here to to knock Glasgow Celtic off their perch. That's what we're here to do. We're not here because of one person. We're here to knock them all off their perch. That's what we need to do going into the next season. So if the departure of their manager puts them under, you know, a wee bit of uncertainty, like we had when Gerard left, 
good. That's what I want. I want uncertainty. <laughs> Celtic. Do you know what I mean? It's golden currency for me. Um, let's not get into the whole, oh, you know, I wish we could have done this or we could have done that. I don't care. We, at the end of the day, we want Celtic to be bad. We want Rangers to be good. That's all that matters at the end of the day. And I'm very confident going into the next season. Listen, regardless of what happens over there, I'm very, very confident in our current manager and in his recruitment strategies that we have got the squad to go forward next season because if you look at his recruitment, he's signed two players, he's got a 100% success record. It's no bad, is it? Not bad at all. Uh, John, yourself, how are you feeling for next season? Hi. I'm, um, I'm more optimistic than I was three months ago. Um, Cantwell has turned into a fantastic signing, and um, you know he's uh, he's very quickly becoming uh, a favourite, not only for his his creative ability, but for his the fact that he's a uh, he's clearly got a bit of devilment about him as well. And I think that's something that this Rangers team's been missing. Um, somebody who who, uh, who opposition fans hate. Um, you know, so we need someone like that. The Dowell Dowell lad from Norwich is a gamble. He's a he's not got a great injury record, but by all accounts, on his day, he could be a fantastic signing. But he is there's issues around around injuries with with him, and so it'll be interesting to see how he pans out. The boy from Chelsea is is, is obviously a, a a hope that you know there's potential. You're buying potential. You're buying a, a guy who who was a fantastic youth player, a highly rated youth player. And who is um, his career hasn't quite gone on, and you know Chelsea's not a great club for youngsters to come through. At. It's very rare that folk come through. At. My dog's having a drink just now, in case you're wondering. What that <laughs> is in the background, um, dog just came in from a walk and he's really thirsty. <laughs> um, and uh, and and that's been uh, you know so so from that perspective, obviously we've got a better we've got a better feeling going into the season but I think you guys see what this let's see what the summer brings as Craig uh, rightly said up front you know we need we need a centre forward uh, we probably need two and it'll be interesting to see what that looks like and I'll, I, I'm I'm certainly a happier man than I was a couple of couple of months ago um, and, and again as Craig says I think you know what's going on across the city is 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 only good news for us any any type of disruption um, is is something that gives us a, a slight advantage, but ultimately it'll be up to our own our own team um, and our own recruitment, and it will be interesting to see what's coming in the coming weeks. Yeah, uh, at the time, guys, we'll, we'll we'll need to wrap things up fairly, fairly soon. We've, we've kind of run over a wee bit. So one thing to mention is the Player of the Year, the Jersey Net Player of the Year. Uh, we have two votes. Uh, the, the the vote on the forum gave it to Mark Tillman, which I can't. I mean, uh, Tillman was a you know, great player. I, I, I just felt in the big games, he just didn't do enough. Uh, obviously, we'll see whether the club, you know, bring him back on a, on, on a permanent deal. Uh, I would take him on a permanent deal. I'm just not quite sure about the money that's been talked about him. Uh, I've just got reservations because he just, in the bigger games, just didn't turn up so much. Uh, the contributors vote, uh, people on the podcast gave it to Tav, which I'd agree with. That's who I voted for. I don't think he had a vintage season, but, you know, more goals, more assists, just in terms of the numbers, you know, he, he turned up uh, as a captain should. Uh, and so I think we'll call time there. So, uh, guys, a big thanks for joining us. A big thanks to, to, to John and Craig uh, for joining us. And a big thanks to everyone that's watched uh, this season. It's the last show of the season. And obviously, as I said earlier on, it's my, my last show uh, 
ever. So, uh, big thanks for, for watching all these years and joining in. Uh, it's quite sad to leave, but it feels like the right time. So, yeah, I've enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed the five years. Uh, thanks for following us and, and you know, 6,000 subscribers or whatever is on YouTube now. It's, you know, it's something I'm very proud of. I've, I'm glad to have been part of it. I'm glad that Frankie gave me the opportunity. You know, 2018, I think, that started... Uh, and it started at a time in my life where things weren't going so well and I needed something and the pod provided that. So a big thanks to Frankie for that and for giving me the opportunity. I always wanted to do it. I'd, I'd been watching podcasts for a while and I thought, I, I think I can do this. And he gave me the opportunity to do it and I, I, I quite enjoyed it. And so I'm thankful for that. And thankful to everyone, you know, all the contributors. Uh, obviously, Eck with our, uh, our various videos and various pubs down the year have, have been a bit of a laugh. John, Craig... All the guys at the start when we recorded that, Graham that used to do the sound and all the rest of it, and you know it, it has it's, it's been it's been enjoyable starting something from nothing and, and getting it to where it is now. Uh, and so for the final time, uh, we were live tonight. We were live on the Sunday night. Uh, the 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 pod, the pod will be available to download or stream on a variety of platforms from tomorrow, including Acast, iTunes, YouTube, Catsports, and Spotify. But thanks to John and Craig. We'll be back next season. Obviously, I won't, but the, the pod will be back next season, so tune in. In the, in the meantime, get yourself onto the, the website and forums at www.jersnet.co.uk. I'm going to, I'm going to leave with a, a Springsteen-inspired uh, exit uh, and sort of tribute to me and John going to the gig this week. So... <laughs> For the last time, it has been a pleasure to present the heart-stopping, pants-dropping, hard-rocking, <laughs> earth-shocking, booty-shaking, love-making, Viagra-taking, history-making, legendary Jersnet podcast. Guys, it's been a pleasure. Bye for now. Colin, I, I, we can't let you go. We can't just let you go on that. I know, I feel bad because I feel I should have cut in before you got to say your bit, but... But um, Frankie and the guys asked me to say a few words to for you, uh, being your last night. Uh, five years of poor internet connections um, <laughs> and hatred of the SFA, the SPFL, UEFA, uh. FIFA, the BBC. And I think what we've figured out from all of that is that you just have an aversion to organisations that have initials. Um, <laughs> they seem to be the people who, who get your ire. Uh, your first broadcast was on the 1st of April. Um, 2018. Um, I, I don't know if that date um, is is something that people should Another read thing. too much into yeah, or not. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I had a look at the the agenda for that uh, particular podcast, and it included moans about team selection uh, and poor refereeing decisions. And let's be honest, you've just basically kept that agenda for every program since then. Yeah. Um, it, it's been the same agenda. Um, that's good. There was a thing on it as well at the time, which I'd completely forgotten about, which was Sevco of the week. Um, and and um, it was a thing we had at the start as well, which made me smile. Um, there have been some memorable moments in those five years. Uh, I think one of the highlights was, uh, for most of us, was, was you and Ross having an argument over who was more famous, uh, Stephen Gerrard or George Harrison. Um, I, 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 that's something that, that clearly, clearly <laughs> gripped all of us. But it happened, and believe me, Ross remembers it and is still embittered about it. But, you know, well, let's not dwell on that. Um, I'm assuming I was talking about George Harrison. You, are, you <laughs> were definitely. <laughs> 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 
Um, so, look, a, a, a couple of things to say here. Um, indulging ourselves for two seconds. Look, we're not professionals. As anyone who's watched our podcast over the years know, we're not professionals, right? We're a completely disparate group of people. Um, and our only connection with each other is, is a love of Rangers. Uh, and that's the only thing we all have in common with each other. And I think you, more than any of us, have exemplified that over the last five years, okay? Um, the Sunday night shows, the Friday night previews, the post games, the, 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 the pre-games, the, the run last year to the Europa League final, you know, part of that for us was the amount of time and effort that you put in. Um, and it was UNX sometimes, and, and, and sometimes it was doing the, the other pre. Sometimes we had two preview shows a week as well as a Sunday night one. And I think it's important that people understand that we do this for fun. You know, this is the, we just do this because we, we are very sad and we have no social life. Um, you know, but we do have families and we do have people who, who, who put demands on our times. Um, so, so you more than anyone have to take an awful lot of credit for, for, for what's happened with this podcast over the years. Um, another thing that I think is worth pointing out about you is you've never been scared to criticize the club. You've never been scared to criticize the fans. If you felt it was right. One of the great things about Jersnet is that Frankie does allow us to speak our mind. Um, and, and over the years, you've done that. Sometimes when it's not necessarily a particularly popular thing to do, but you've done it if you felt it. You're a curmudgeon. There's no two ways about that. Um, you're, you're constant <laughs> shouting <laughs> modern world. Um, and in particular, my jails has been of a, 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 yeah. something I've enjoyed um, over the last 18 <laughs> months or so. Um, but you continue to be someone who represents the best of Ranger supports. You're thoughtful, you're articulate, you're engaged in what's going on, you're open to new ideas, but most importantly, you're passionate about it. And that comes through in everything you've done over these years. Um, people don't, I think, accept and probably don't remember that, that literally none of us knew what we were doing when this started off. Literally none of us had a clue what no, we were doing. You know, we were feeling our way through it. Some um, would argue we did that it because that's all we the case, John. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's some would argue, and, and in times they would be correct, and I have no problem <laughs> admitting that. But the point is, at a time when our support was then and still is today demonised by people who should know better. You've demonstrated the best of that over these times, and and we thank you for that. And and I want to leave you with a quote. Okay. The truth is that there is no journey. We are arriving and we are departing all at the same time. I don't know if you know who said that. Josh Harrison. I thought it was appropriate. No, David Bowie said that. David Bowie. Um, and uh, David Bowie said that, and 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 it, and, it, and it's right because you know there's been a lot of change in this podcast over the years, but none of the people who have left will be harder to to uh, replace than yourself. And um, I think on behalf of everyone at Jersey, I want to thank you for everything you've done over for us all over the last five years. Good luck, mate. Cheers, Good luck, Thank you. Do you want to wrap up the show then? That's it. The show's done. No one's, no one's listening anymore anyway. They've all gone. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Bye for <Good> now. <laughs>